my prayer today is that we're going to be encouraged and inspired by his word. You know, there's a real sweet, gentle spirit here today. And, that, and my heart for today is that Jesus wants to meet with us. He wants to draw us to himself. His word is the manna for our souls. And I just invite you to come and feast on his word with me today. My title for this message is Meeting I Am in the Storm. And maybe you are in the midst of some challenging circumstances. Maybe your health is suffering. Maybe your relationships, your family are hurting or broken. Maybe just situations in your life that are tormenting, vexing your soul and threatening to overwhelm you. And I believe that today Jesus wants us to turn to him in the midst of that storm, in the midst of whatever it is that you're fighting today, and find him. So we're going to turn to Matthew 14, and we're going to start at verse 23, from verse 23 of chapter 14. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into the mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were with him in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. Jesus had just fed the 5,000 or over 5,000 people. He just performed an amazing miracle and he wanted to get alone and pray. So he sent off his disciples ahead of him and he went alone to seek the Lord. And the disciples, some of whom were keen fishermen, they were experienced at sea, they were experienced dealing with all kinds of weather, but yet they found themselves in this difficult storm, in this situation that caused them distress. They were fighting a strong headwind and they were making no progress. Maybe some of us are feeling like that this morning. We're fighting these storms in our lives. We're dealing with these difficult situations and we're not making any progress. If I was in that boat, I would have liked Jesus to act straight away. I'm a now person. I want, you know, come on God, come and do what you need to do straight away. But verse 25, it doesn't say immediately Jesus went to their rescue. He carried on praying and being alone. 
there was a time lapse between them battling in that storm and Jesus coming to them. And Jesus doesn't always meet our need how we expect or when we want him to. I'm sure the disciples too would have liked a 999 response from Jesus. But Jesus had a purpose in that timing. He wanted to grow their character. He wanted to train them in the ways of God. And that's what he does with us. Maybe you're waiting for Jesus to walk on water in your storm. I just encourage you not to be alarmed by his delays. He is sovereign. Don't be discouraged because you're still in that situation. Verse 25, Jesus comes to them. He sees their trouble, he knows their vulnerability, and yet he didn't stand afar off on the shore and speak to the storm. He walks right into the storm and he stands in their midst. And he shows his power over nature, over the gravity that he created. I love that his first miracle in this story isn't to quell the storm. His first miracle in this story is to meet them in the storm. To present himself to them. And we so often want God to take us out of the difficult situations. Just make all this go away, God. Just set me free. But I believe God wants us to see him as I am. I am. He is present. Joshua 1 verse 9. I am is with you, whithersoever thou goest. Isaiah 43 verse 2. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. He doesn't promise us a smooth journey. He promises to be with us. He says there's going to be waters that trouble you. He says there's going to be fire. But he says you won't be burnt. You won't be alone. Thank you, Lord. And if we're feeling overwhelmed... By that raging sea, we need more of him. We need to find him. So verse 26. There's confusion in the boat. They imagine that they're seeing a spirit and fear rises in an already very stressful situation. And what I saw here was our imaginations more often than not will take us into a road of fear and worry and anxiety and stress, particularly when we're in a stormy situation. Somehow our imaginations kick in and we think the worst and we travel down different thoughts in our minds that isn't helpful in this situation. So we need to take captive our thoughts and take captive our imaginations. And verse 27, Jesus says to them, it is I. He says, let's just see what he says. Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And that good cheer means to take courage. He's building them up, he's, he's saying, come on, take courage. 
You can do this. He reveals himself to them. It is I. I am with you. He comforts them. He reassures them. And again, if I'd have been in this boat at this time, I'd have said, great, Jesus, you've arrived. Get in the boat. Say, peace be still. All will be well. Because a few chapters before, that's what happened. Jesus was in the boat. He stood up, said, peace be still, and all was well. But not this time. Maybe I'm not alone. Maybe the 11 other disciples that were in the boat thought the same. Come on, Jesus, just get in, sort this out. But not Peter. I love that his focus isn't on silencing the storm. Peter's focus is, I want to learn how to walk in it. I want to do what you're doing, Jesus. Never mind about the storm. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to be like you. And I love that, that there's something in him compelling him to pursue Jesus. You know, it's one thing to be his disciple in that time and follow Jesus around and see him doing miracles. He'd just seen the um, 5,000 fed. He'd seen people have miracles. He'd seen people be healed. It's another thing for Peter to dare at this point that he might do what Jesus is doing. They hadn't yet been released in that way. So this is a big thing for Peter. And for that one moment, he's caught up with wanting to do whatever his master does. For that one moment, he believes, he completely believes that he can. How exciting is that to actually believe I can? I don't know if I'd have been that Peter. And he lays aside all this striving and wrestling with the wind and he gets caught up with Jesus. How much do we really want to be like Jesus? How much do you really want to do the things that he did? Turn with me to John 14, verse 12, but keep your finger in Matthew. So I have some really good news for you. Only if you answered yes to any of that questions. John 14, verse 12. Is it? Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. There's a condition in this verse, and the one condition to doing the works that Jesus did, and greater, is quite simply to believe on him. It's not complicated. Jesus didn't ever complicate things. He taught in stories. He taught by example. Just believe on me and you can do what I'm doing. You can do greater things than me. That means we can pray for people and expect to see them healed. That means that we can reach out and heal this hurting world. That means that we can pray for someone to be rescued from the death. 
greater things than Jesus did. He did all of those things, so greater can we do? And Peter's faith was robust enough to get him out of the boat, but then the wind shouted, you can't do this. Don't be ridiculous, you can't walk on water. And suddenly he began to sink. That's how fleeting this faith can be for all of us. One minute, yes, we want you, God. Yes, we want to believe. And then snatched out of our grip. Doubting ourselves. Doubting God. It's not just that we look at our circumstances and get overwhelmed by them. I believe it's the devil in that situation who's trying to distract us, who's filling our minds with lies, who fills our minds with doubts and questions, and we, like Peter, start to sink. And I can't help but think that the moment Peter started walking on the water, so the devil lied to him and said, this is crazy, you can't do this. You can't defy gravity. You can't be like Jesus. And those same lies are still working on us. And I think we want to believe, I think we want to be like Jesus, but those whispering lies are holding us back. So what's Jesus' response to this falling, this humanness, this doubting him and doubting ourselves? If you flip back to Matthew... And verse 31, and immediately, there's the immediate bit that we've been looking for, Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him. The good news today is grace catches us. Grace holds us tight and he takes us back to safety. He took Peter back to the boat. And maybe you need to hear that this morning. Maybe you need to hear that God has got you in his grip. He has got this situation that you're facing in his grip. You are not alone. He gives you the courage. He is fighting for you. And he will not let this storm overtake you. And when we've recovered a little from our sinking... His love gently rebukes and trains us that we might grow in him so that next time we might take a few more steps. Because the rest of verse 31 says, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And that little faith is a lack of confidence and doubt is to waver between two opinions. He can heal me. He might heal me. There's two opinions there. It's like we want to give ourselves a backup just in case he doesn't come through how we think he should. Faith believes God can. Doubt questions. Can he? Faith trusts God's timing. And doubt asks when. Faith leaves the how to God, and doubt asks how. Doubt's quite demanding, I think.
faith trusts and doubt entertains the devil's lies. Faith keeps eyes focused on God and doubt looks at the circumstances. Doubt will always, always cut across God's miracle working power. The miracle was there for the taking. It wasn't God holding back. Peter was doing it. But his doubt changed his direction from horizontal to vertical. In Mark 6, the account of this story ends by saying, the disciples were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondered, for they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. That's in Mark 6. And I think what this verse is saying is that after all the disciples had witnessed and seen Jesus do, they were still amazed that he showed up in their storm. They were amazed that he was walking on the water. Their faith and confidence in him was still slow to grow. Have we forgotten the things that he has done for us? Have we stopped seeing the God incidents in our lives? Have we just got comfortable with our level of faith that we're not even pursuing more? Have we stopped expecting the miraculous? And I don't just mean miracles we might need in our own lives. Have we stopped expecting the miraculous for people who come needy and hurting and broken? We stop believing for them. Complacency is the enemy of faith. And its definition is contentment, to be satisfied. I don't want to be complacent. I don't want the level of faith that I have just to be enough to get me by. I want to be like Peter. Or maybe we look around us at the natural disasters of the last few weeks and maybe you're asking, where is God? I know the world's asking, where is God? And I believe God's answer is, take courage. I am in your midst. And he is sovereign. You can turn with me to Luke 21 or you can just listen to me read it. Luke 21, 25 to 28. And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth, distress of nations, with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. Well, we've seen that in these last weeks. Men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then they shall see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. Thank you, Father God. God wants us to lift up our eyes. 
from whence cometh our help. He wants us to expect the unexpected. To always believe that he is with you, even when you can't see him. The disciples couldn't see him. They thought he was a spirit. It was pitch black. There wasn't electricity lighting up the sky. The storm blocked the moon and the stars. And the wind was boisterous around them and they couldn't see him. And that's why he spoke and he reassured them because he knew their voice. And when you can't see Jesus, go to his word and let him speak to you because you know his voice. God wants us to believe for miracles. So just to conclude... Jesus sees you. His name, El Roy, the God who sees me. His timing is perfect. His timing has a purpose. Psalm 138, verse 8 He will perfect that which concerneth you. That's his promise. If you're feeling overwhelmed by a storm raging in your life today, know there is a choice. You can stay in the boat like the 11 disciples and you can continue battling with the wind and with the waves in your own strength. Or you can choose to lift up your eyes like Peter and Jesus will meet with you. You too can step out of the boat and he will give you his grace to walk through the storm, to walk on the water in your situation. And I just believe he's calling us today to come. It says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Bring yourself to him and let him empower you and minister to you. So I just want to pray for those people right now in those situations. Father God, I lift up those in difficult situations today. Father, I lift up those people who are asking, where are you? Where is God? Father, those people facing their broken health, facing broken families. Father, those people who just desperately have need of you. And Father God, I pray you would release to them faith. That Lord, you would just lift them up and hold them in your grip. And you would pour out that grace and power to enable them to walk on the water with you through this situation until your appointed time to deliver them from it. Thank you, Lord, that each one of us today are in your hands, that you are sovereign over every situation in our lives and in the situations that our families are facing, Father God. And thank you, Father God, that your word has reassured us today that the wider things that are going on in this earth, you know and you have gone before and you are in control. Thank you, Lord.
that your word has every answer that we need. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Joshua 1.9 Are you ready to declare war on the doubts in your mind and be like Peter? Are you going to dare to believe that you, sitting there right now, and me standing here right now, can do the works that Jesus did and greater than these. Let's just bring that to the Lord. If we've got into complacency, let's repent. Let's repent of our doubts. Let's repent of believing the lies of the enemy. Let's repent of our hard hearts. If we've forgotten all that he's done for us, if we've lost sight of who he is. Father God, we do repent of hardening our hearts to the things of God, for losing sight of you and losing sight of all that you are and of the miraculous. Father God, we repent of listening to the lies of the enemy and for doubting and for not trusting you. Forgive us, Father God, for losing confidence in you. And in the name of Jesus, I break the lies of the enemy that you have been listening to. I break the power of those lies in Jesus' name. And I bind and I break the spirit of fear holding you back, holding me back from the deeper things of God. And Father, right now, I release the gift of faith into the hearts of your people, Lord. Make us hungry for you, God. Give us passion for the things of you. Give us compassion for the hurting world around us, Lord. Show us people and situations, Father, that we can influence, people that we can be praying for. Father, let us not be afraid to show people in your word what it says about these end times. I just break that fear over us of stepping out and showing people the word. Showing people God is in this situation. The people need to see us being steadfast in the storm. People need to see us as being the ones who are the walking on the water thing, saying, do you know what? Don't be afraid. Jesus has said, don't be afraid. It says people are going to be afraid. We can expect that, but we shouldn't be the ones joining them. We have nothing to be afraid of because God is in control. And Father God, I do lift up those people right now affected by these natural disasters. And I pray, Father God, you would divinely go before and meet their needs. And that, Lord, you would wake up these rich countries that can give into these places that need provisions. Father, show us how we can step out and reach out to these hurting people and provide them with food and water, Lord, and to rebuild their lives. And we just pray, Lord, for your comfort for those people who are hurting, who've had their lives broken down and lost loved ones, Lord. We pray you would comfort them. But we pray, Father God, more than anything, the church would rise up, Lord, in these days and be the beacon that you've called us to be, Lord, and that we would be the ones bringing peace into the storm, Lord. We would be the ones quelling people's fear and people's distress. 
that we would be the ones standing and saying, peace, be still. Thank you, Lord, you have equipped us to do that. We are called to do that. Thank you, Jesus. So be encouraged this morning. Let that faith kindle in your hearts as you go on with your week. Keep giving your distress to the Lord and let him be Elroy, the God who sees me. And let him be with you in your week. In Jesus' name, amen.